Okay, Chuck Wilson, New Hope Community Church, and we're in Revelation chapter 6, and we're going to do the 5th and 6th seals. We did the first four, four riders of the apocalypse last time, now we're going to do the 5th and 6th seal. The 5th seal is the blood of the martyrs, Revelation 6, 9 to 11, the blood of the martyrs. The persecution of Christians is at the worst it has ever been in church history. You won't see this on CNN, but you will hear about it from VOM, Voice of the Martyrs, or ODM, Open Door Ministries, and also on our website under Persecution Unveiled, uh, Terry Noble's website, uh, Terry Noble's connection there. You can blog, blog, that's what I was looking for, on our website, blog, at Persecution Unveiled. Shocking stories daily of attacks and rape and slavery and murder of Christians all over the world through communist oppression, Islamic persecution, Hindu nationalism, unbelievable North Korea, India, China, Nigeria, the whole Middle East. It's just crazy. Now, why would most of our media ignore this attempted genocide of Christians? I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you the truth. It's because they support it. Because they they are behind. They they support it. They would love to see it happen. They most of the media hates Christians, and that's you can see it constantly. And they want to bring it here. Uh, the the world and the non Christians, those who are hostile to Christianity, want to bring it here. They're now openly talking about putting Christians in concentration camps. Openly, nobody's. Calling it hate speech is just being talked about. Re-education. The only way we're going to be able to coexist with these crazy Christians is they must be re-educated. And it will happen here. It's just a matter of time. We know that. Remember, we've talked about this in Matthew 24, verse 9. Jesus warned us, Then you will be handed over to be persecuted and put to death, and you will be hated by all nations because of me. All nations, every nation on earth will hate us. Uh, it, it's going to come here. All nations includes the USA. Persecution is going to increase worldwide. It's already at its all-time high. It's going to keep increasing worldwide and then peak in the tribulation the last seven years of the planet Earth. We saw in Revelation 6 last time, verses 1 to 8, that we will be protected from God's wrath. Christians are going to be protected from God's wrath, whether, whether it's because of a, a rapture, pre-tribulation rapture, or because, or mid-tribulation rapture, or because, just like with the Exodus, the Israelites were protected from the ten plagues. We will have the seal of God on our forehead, and we will be protected from God's wrath. One way or another, we're going to be protected, but we will experience man's wrath. It's already starting. It's been going. It's increasing in intensity. It's going to increase, increase. We will experience man's wrath. That will. It will build now steadily until the time of the tribulation and then peak in that tribulation. Are we ready? Well, we better get ready. Wait till you see what we see today. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that you would prepare us through your word and through your Holy Spirit and your Spirit's power would speak to us. And Lord, just pray for your mercy and grace. And I pray that if anybody who's listening to this have never put their faith in Jesus, they would do that now. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so Revelation 6, 9 to 11 is the fifth seal. The fifth seal, let me read that. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? 
Then each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. Woo! So we are looking at the seals, the, the seven seal judgments. Fifth one here. This one here doesn't result in a judgment on earth. It doesn't like something doesn't like bam hit the earth after this seal uh, is broken, but it shows the result of what is happening on earth. And this seal shows the result of that and shows what's going on in heaven with the martyrs under the altar. And this increases God's wrath. These people are hurting his children. We are his children. The cup of God's wrath is filling up. That's what the fifth seal is, a a filling up of God's wrath. In verse 9, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They were killed because of the word and their testimony of Jesus Christ. Uh, their testimony. They were under the altar. Now, under the altar, <clears throat> this is a picture of what is in heaven, in, in the temple in heaven. Everything you see on earth, the temple and, and all that goes on, there's not a temple right now, but it's going to be rebuilt. Third temple, but the first and second temple, everything you see that Jesus, God had told them to build on earth was a replica of what was in heaven already. There's a, a, a large temple in heaven already, okay? And that's a picture the, the what we see here on earth with the temples is a picture of the temple sacrifice in heaven, okay? Here on earth, there's a replica in heaven much bigger. It's, what you see here is really a replica of what is in heaven, okay? So there's... There's a temple in heaven, just like there's a temple on earth. They're going to be again. There's a big giant one in heaven. That's where God is, okay? And the key element of the sacrifice here, the key element of the sacrifice of the temple was blood. Blood, which was representative of the life. The life that was given, the, 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 the life is in the blood, the Bible says. And, and when the blood is shed, that's the giving of a life. Jesus gave his blood and his life for us. Jesus gave his blood and his life for us. Leviticus 4, 7 talks about what happens with that blood. In Leviticus 4, 7 it says, The priest shall then put some of the blood on the horns of the altar of fragrant incense that is before the Lord in the temple tent of the meeting, the rest of the bull's blood he shall pour out at the base of the altar of burnt offering at the entrance to the tent of the meeting. So when there was a sacrifice of this bull, the blood was sprinkled on the altar, the horns of the altar, but the rest that was left over was poured at the base of the altar. It was poured out there as as uh, <clears throat> as a offering, really, a blood offering, the, 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 the completion of that offering. But you always say, well, why would they pour it out there? Well, we're seeing why here. That was a replica of what is going on in heaven. The key to this passage, Leviticus 4, 7, not just sprinkling the blood at the altar, which Jesus already did in heaven, all right? That's already been done. The propitiation is done. The atonement is done, all right? Once for all in heaven. But there's still blood at the base of the altar. And the key is to this passage, why they would pour that blood out is... 6 9. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they they had maintained. <clears throat> the martyrs are underneath the altar. The same place where the blood was poured out in Leviticus 4 at the base of the altar, that's where these martyrs are standing before God. They have front row seats here, right? Their blood. 
The blood of the martyrs, their blood was poured out as an offering to God. Jesus did the propitiation, but the blood of the martyrs is that blood that is poured out at the base. When a martyr was killed, is killed, will be killed, whenever we are killed, we are offering, they are offering their life as a sacrifice to God. Connect the dots, okay? Then they also say, they called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true, until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood. They want to know. They're impatient. They're struggling with God's timing. Maybe they feel like he's, maybe they feel like they're forgotten. They know he's going to act, but when God, when? Anyone hearing, anyone listening to this feeling like that? Wondering about God's timing? You're in good company. The heavenly host is saying the same thing. The martyrs right at the altar are saying the same thing. And they say, avenge us. When are you going to avenge us? Which seems to contrast with what Jesus said. Father, forgive them. Remember on the cross? Father, forgive them. And Stephen, when he was being stoned, do not hold this sin against them. It seems to contrast, their prayers contrast with Jesus' prayers and Stephen's prayers. But you have to remember something here. They are in heaven. They are in heaven. They are perfected saints. They are, there's no sin coming in this prayer. They're, they can't sin. They're not sinning. They are praying according to God's will. God even affirms them. He says, hey, hang on just a little longer. I'm going to act. He affirms them. So we know that it's not wrong, but why is there a different prayer? Because this is why. When Jesus and Stephen prayed, it was a time of mercy. It was a time of mercy. Revelation 6 is a time of judgment. When, when Jesus came the first time, he came with offering mercy. When he comes the second time, he's coming to bring judgment, right? And, uh, we see this very thing shown in Luke chapter 4. In Luke chapter 4, verse 18, when Jesus claims the prop, a prophecy from Isaiah 61, Jesus said, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus quoted Isaiah 61 and He stopped there and He said, Doesn't that sound great? He's coming to do all these great things. He's coming to bring God's mercy to us. But if you go to Isaiah 61, and Isaiah 61, which Jesus is quoting, he it ends differently. To, uh, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, it says. It, ends, it says that, but then it goes on to say, and the day of vengeance of our God. Now, Jesus didn't quote that in Luke 4. Why? Because he was only going up to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The second coming will be, and the day of vengeance of our God. That's the difference between the first and the second coming. And when the saints, when Jesus prayed, he was still focused on God's mercy. These, these people at the altar, the martyrs at the altar, are praying about the second coming. When, when are you going to send Jesus to come again? And the day of the vengeance of our God. Jesus came the first time to offer mercy. The second time is God's wrath. In God's judgment. That's what's going to come. And that, we know that's coming with a second coming. That's why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 2, in 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 2, Paul says, if I can find it, uh, <clears throat> oh, I didn't mark my page here. Uh, I'm going to have to go by. Uh, Therefore, we urge you, ah, I'm going to have to look it up. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 to 2, as God's fellow workers, I got it, it's coming back to me. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. Ah, I got it. 
For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. Paul is saying, this is it. This is the time of God's favor. This is the day of salvation. You better act on it now. Now is the time. The time is coming when, it, when Jesus comes again, when it won't be. It will be the time of judgment for those who don't believe in Jesus Christ. This is a time of God's mercy and grace right now, but it's coming to an end. It's, it's, it's almost at an end. Judgment is close at hand. We must put our faith, I want to encourage you, Put your faith in Jesus Christ now, before the rapture happens, before the tribulation happens. Put your faith in Jesus Christ now. And not only that, our life could end any time. If, if two th- the last year has taught us anything with the coronavirus and the pandemics and all the craziness, our life could end any second. It always could have, but now it's, now it's more of a reality. It's in our face. The media is actually reporting on it, right? It, our life could be demanded of us any time, and there is no second chance. Some of you say, oh, God won't put everybody in hell. He's going to give us another chance. That is Hebrews 9.27, just as man is destined to die once, and after that to face judgment. There is no second chance. Your life could, and now we could face judgment. Now, that's why Paul says, now is the day of salvation. Put your faith in Jesus Christ now. We'll have a chance to pray in just a few moments about that. So verse 11, back to Revelation, verse 6, verse 11, where it says, Then each of them was given a white robe, and they were told to wait a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and brothers who were to be killed as they had been was completed. Woo! There has to be a number completed. Listen, even when every, when, as we go through persecution, as we get closer to the time of tribulation, even now when everything looks like, when it looks like everything is going against us, God has a purpose. God had a, has an exact number of martyrs, exact number that have to be killed for him before the second coming. Before he'll send Jesus again, there has to be the exact Number, maybe someone who's listening to this right now, some of you listening to this right now will be part of that number. Don't be, don't be shocked. Don't lose your faith over it. Don't get upset when we see martyrdom and persecution breaking out all over the United States. God has a purpose for it. He has a purpose for it. Look what he gives them. He gives them white robes. That stands for righteousness. Revelation 19, 7 and 8. Wait till we get to that. That stands for righteousness. So you see, that's what, per, that's what persecution and martyrdom does. It purifies the church. It purifies the church. Uh, God uses it to separate the, the fake from the, the counter, the fake counterfeit from the real. He sep- uses it to separate the wheat from the weeds. He uses it to separate the sheep from the goats. And that's what we're seeing in the United States say that God's word in Christianity is already under attack. Much of the world is under severe attack, but it's just starting. It's just starting to heat up here. <clears throat> and we are starting to see who the real and the fake Christians are. God is separating the sheep from the goats. He's, he's, he's separating the woke Christians from the Christians that are actually awake. He's separating them. The, the lightning rods of abortion and homosexuality and the so-called social justice movement. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, for, never mind biblical justice. Way different, right? The, those lightning rods are accomplishing God's purpose. They're separating the true from the false Christians showing us who's for real and who's not. And boy, are we seeing them fall, 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 right? People we thought were, who were buying their Bible studies and all that. What? They're saying this? False 
counterfeit. God is exposing them. He's exposing them. He's showing who's fake. And he, he's purifying his church. And, and he's using this persecution worldwide. Worldwide persecution. Much more intense everywhere else. Worldwide persecution. God is using it to refine his church and to complete the world's judgment. It's, he's completing his wrath. Every time they kill one of his children, it adds to his wrath. It's filling the cup up. And boy, when it pours out, wait till we see God's wrath poured out here in Revelation. Are you ready for the refining? Are you ready for the refining? Are you growing in your faith? Are you getting strong in your faith? Have you been saved by faith? Are you praying for those who are persecuted? I just uh, had something come in just now, uh, this week, about praying for the persecuted church. I'm just going to read you a couple of things here from this. This is, and if I can get it to come up. Oh, here we go. Uh, Voice of the Martyrs. The Voice of the Martyrs says five ways to pray for the persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. He says pray, and this is what we need to be doing. Pray that the persecuted believers will be filled with joy and peace that may result in overflowing hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Romans 15, 13. Number two, thank God for their faithful testimony as it inspires Christians around the world to boldness and faithfulness. Uh, Romans 1, 8 to 10. Pray that God will comfort believers who are experiencing troubles so that the comfort of Christ will overflow into the lives of others. 2 Corinthians 13, uh, I'm sorry, 2 Corinthians 1, 3 to 7. Pray that God will strengthen their hearts, causing their love for one another and for their persecutors to increase and overflow. 1 Thessalonians 3, 9-13. And then finally, pray for those who are enemies of the gospel and persecutors of God's people. Pray that they will experience Christ's love and be reconciled to God. Romans 5, 10. This is from Voice of the Martyrs. If you don't subscribe to that, do it today. Voice of the Martyrs. Open Doors Ministries. Once again, you can go on our website to uh, Persecution Unveiled. Follow along. Be be praying for these folks because <laughs> you're really praying for our, us too because it's coming. It's coming. But pray for these people. Um, now, this is what we talked about, the blood of the martyrs. Now we're going to hit the sixth seal. The sixth seal. Sixth seal. Say that ten times fast. The fifth seal was persecution. Now let's see how God responds to the persecution of his children. And I'm going to call this sixth seal. <laughs> sixth seal. I'm going to call it off the Richter scale. Revelation 6, 12 to 17. And I'm going to read it for us first of all. I watched as he opened the sixth seal. There was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat's hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and every island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and the mighty, and every slave and every free man hid in caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Woo! 12 to 14, we see the big one. The big one comes. It's off the Richter scale. I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake. The sun turned black like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red and the stars in the sky fell to the earth as the late figs dropped from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The sky receded like a scroll rolling up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Woo! 
Oh, wow. Uh, this is the big one. This is the big one. Earth, we see a massive earthquake and its effects. Probably the biggest earthquake in recent memory for us was what happened uh, in the Indian Ocean earthquake back in December 04. Many of you remember that. That was caused a tsunami. It was, it was 9.3, uh, reading, uh, the second largest ever recorded earthquake ever recorded. It caused those amazing, uh, Tidal wave, those tsunami was a hundred feet high. Remember, we remember seeing the video footage, crazy. It killed, <clears throat> that, that, that killed, the tsunami killed between two and three, uh, hundred thousand people in eleven different countries. Ultimately, uh, one million people died, the after effects, over one million people died from this earthquake. It lasted ten minutes. It lasted 10 minutes. It caused the entire planet to vibrate off a half an inch. It was crazy. It caused earthquakes as far away as Alaska. But that earthquake, as crazy as that was, that tsunami, we all remember, there's even movies made about it now, as crazy as it was, that was nothing compared to this earthquake in Revelation chapter 6. Now, there's some hyperbole in the Greek. Uh, the skies rolled up, the islands and mountains you know, disappeared. But the, the point that he's making is that it did have a, quite an effect, we're going to see. It did crazy things, but, but it, it was the biggest one ever. In history, big, big, big. This says the sun turned dark and the moon red, probably the effect of the volcanic eruptions that were set off, mountains crashing, volcanoes, uh, and islands, tidal waves sweeping over them. That's what happened. It says the stars fell. The Greek for this word can mean any heavenly body. Any heavenly body. So very likely he's talking about meteors, a meteor shower. The earth is completely continuously bombarded by meteors. They seldom reach the ground because they burn up before they do. Those that do hit here can cause amazing damage. 1908 in Russia, if you ever read that story about the, the meteor that exploded over the uh, part of Russia, and it's just crazy, massive. You can still see the effect. It's crazy. Look it up. It's wild stuff. But the, the over, I remember the U.S. was developing a plan. I think there's still a space war people developing plans. Uh, I don't know if there's how far they came along on this, but they had an idea. If there was a big asteroid coming, they're going to send a, a nuclear missile to to break it up. And, and so I was thinking, wow, all those people played asteroids as kids. You know, most you don't even know how to talk about. But oh, there, no, the first games were asteroids. All those people played asteroids as kids. You're going to have a great job. You could work for NASA. Anyway, uh, actually. This would be very difficult to do, even though Bruce Willis did that movie, you know, blowing up the asteroid. Very difficult to do. We, we often don't even see these asteroids until they've already gone by the Earth or, or burned up and hit, right? But there will be no Star Wars defense against this event in Revelation 6. It's, they're going to hit the Earth. And look at the people's response to this. Then the kings of the Earth, the princes, the generals, the rich and mighty, lifestyles of the rich and famous. These are the rich and famous, right? Look what, listen to what they do. And every slave and every free man hitting caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They called to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? Unbelievable. They, the, the, everybody, even the rich and famous, hid in caves. All of a sudden, caves are prime real estate, right? Uh, if, if you're not, hey, if you're not saved yet, and you're deciding, you're not going to be saved, you better start digging your own hole because this is what's coming. You better start digging now. What was really sad, 
when we read this, is that how hard their hearts are. Their hearts are harder than the rocks they are hiding under. Instead of praying to God in repentance because of what is happening, they pray to the rocks. They'd rather pray to a rock than to God. Same thing with idolatry now. All these people praying to idols all over the place. You know, they're praying to rocks. They, by now they know God is doing this. There's no es- escaping it. They know God's doing it. They, they can no longer blame it on climate change or this or that. No, no. They know God is doing this. But look at the response. Hide us from God. Hide us from Jesus. Hide us. The reason people reject Jesus Christ today is not because of lack of proof. These people had proof. They knew Jesus was sending the meteors. They knew he sent the earthquake. They knew the title, the tsunami was from Jesus. They knew it, but they they hardened their heart. Today, there is so much proof that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died on the cross. Historical fact. He rose from the dead. Historical fact. Our calendar is based on Jesus Christ. 2021, since Jesus was here, there's there's, it's a, his resurrection is a fact. It's irrefutable. It's a historical fact. There's no, there's, there's complete proof that, but people don't reject Jesus because they, there's just, they're just not convinced. No, it's because they've hardened their heart. Any, we've been doing these Daniel and Revelation and the crazy prophecies. You have to not want to believe in Jesus Christ. If you reject Jesus, whoever you are, you have to not want to believe in him because the proof is unbelievable. God has left irrefutable proof with the prophecies and and, and all that has happened, the, the supernatural events, proof that Jesus is the Son of God. But the hearts of human beings are hardened unless the Holy Spirit touches our hearts and softens our hearts that we have hardened hearts we would rather pray in the human condition these which they're shown they would rather pray to rocks than ask God and Jesus Christ for forgiveness that is the fallen depraved human nature but there is some positive response. We're going to see some positive response. There's going to be a remnant that hearts will be touched. A remnant that will be saved. And we see this in Joel 2. In Joel 2, 28. Um, well, I'm going to start with verse 30. Joel 2, 30, talking about the same event. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. For on Mount Zion and in Jerusalem there will be deliverance deliverance as the Lord has said among the survivors whom the Lord calls there will be a remnant that will survive and they will the, 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 uh, uh, in, in Jerusalem specifically a remnant that will survive that will turn to Jesus they will call upon them and anyone everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved there will be a remnant that has been preserved that has been predestined, elected to be saved, and they will turn to Jesus Christ at that time. Even though most of the world is going to be praying to rocks, there will be a group that is going to pray to the rock, the rock of our salvation, Jesus Christ. Especially in Israel, the remnant that is left is going to turn to Jesus. Turn to Jesus. But we don't have to wait for the sixth seal. We don't have to wait for this earthquake. We don't have to wait for the second coming. Uh, We don't have to hope we're part of that remnant that's left that can turn to Jesus. We can do it now. We can do it now. Paul says in, in Romans 10, 13, he says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Quoting that verse, he says it now. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Saved. 
And then if you back up a couple of verses, it says, verses 10, 9, and 10, Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with the, for it is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. It is with your heart that you believe and are justified. And it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you ever called on the name of Jesus Christ? Have you ever put your hope and faith in Him? The, and the best part is if you are, if you have done that, or if you do do that, and if you're saved, uh, the best part is we're going to be protected. We're going to be protected either through the rapture. We won't be here for this. Hopefully, I'm hoping for that. Or or through God's protection. We talked about that. Just like the Israelites in, in the book of Exodus were protected. We're going to be te- protected. Hopefully, we won't be here Unless uh, we won't be here unless we wait too long to become a Christian, you might say, "Well, I want to wait till I see all this happen, then I'll become a Christian." Well, if you're, you're you can still do that, but it's pretty dumb because you don't know if you're going to survive it, right? But it's pretty dumb. But you also better start digging. Better start digging your little cave there. Okay? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ? You don't have to wait for the earthquake, <laughs> although God does send life's earthquakes to wake us up, doesn't He? Many of us experience an earthquake in life that God shakes us up, shakes our life, reaches us, gets us to focus on Jesus Christ, gets us to our knees, and and on our knees we come to the cross and put our faith in Jesus Christ. He uses earthquakes. Uh, I was, history, New, I don't know if you knew this, New Madrid, the monster stirs. New Madrid, Missouri, they've been experiencing some, uh, over the years, they've been experiencing some uh, shaking, but there's actually uh, the New Madrid fault there in Missouri. In 1811 and 1812, there was a series of earthquakes that leveled forests, destroyed Indian villages and frontier settlements, heaved up new land and reversed the Mississippi River's flow. How many of you even know about this? Crazy. 1811-1812, same time as the War of 1812. The settlers thought the world was ending. And they probably had reason to. It was crazy. About 2,000 aftershocks were felt during the three months of chaos. The three worst were, these are aftershocks, were estimated at 8.6, 8.4, and 8.7. Aftershocks. (laughs) Uh, They were stronger than, they were, all were stronger than the most famous U.S. quake, the San Francisco Trembler of 1906. Not even close to what happened here in Missouri. The ground broke open, spewing up mud, sand, and coal. Huge trees were split and whole forests leveled by the earth, shaking. Dry land appeared where lakes had been, been, and towns tottered and sank into the Mississippi. Whole towns sank in the Mississippi. Uh, Many of the boats that transported goods and people on the Mississippi just disappeared, sucked down, disappeared forever, never found them again. crazy and but during this time religious conversions rose dramatically it was a time of great terror to sinners said a preacher of that time the methodist church which was the most evangelistic church at that time not the united methodist church but the methodist church uh at that time grew by 50 percent in parts of the midwest and south uh, just people hit their knees and came to God and put their faith in Jesus. It was crazy. Our, our, is God using an earthquake in our life to reach us? Is he doing that? Something in our life that's shaking us. Could be coronavirus and all that's going on. I hope that's waking you up. How all this stuff is, is reaching us for Jesus Christ. 
getting us onto our knees and, and crawl to the cross of Jesus Christ, putting our faith in Him. And as Christians, are we growing in our faith? There's going to be lots of earthquakes in our life, right? Are we growing in our faith? Are we growing? Or are we like so many of these people from the, the New Madrid monster earthquake? Listen what happened. Although many of, uh, there were many, many new converts, although many of the converts backslid, fell away from their faith, and later were referred to con- with contempt as earthquake Christians. <laughs> Fake. They just, you know, foxhole Christian, earthquake Christian. Are you an earthquake Christian? Do you only turn to God when something bad happens and all of a sudden they all say, oh, where's God? Or are you growing in your faith? Are you prepared for the real earthquakes that are coming? Are you, are you growing through each one? We all get hit. We all get hit. But the key is, are we getting stronger through them? Ready for the next bigger earthquake? Are we growing? I think of an athlete who gets injured versus us. If I were to tear my ACL, it would probably take me two years to get back on the tennis court, right? But, but the, the real athletes, these NFL athletes, you see they tear their ACL and they're back playing football on four, five, six months playing intensely. Why? Because they're, they are conditioned. They are conditioned. And their bodies can take it. And, and they can do so much more. They're, they heal so much more quickly than we non-athletes, I used to be an athlete, than we than non-athletes do. Their muscles are in shape. And they are, our muscles, spiritual muscles in shape, are, are, do we have stronger faith? If we do, we will heal more quickly and we will handle the crises much better than everybody else because we're, we're ready for it. We've been through it. We're strong spiritually. Are we like that? Let's pray. Christians, as we go to this time of prayer, if you're a Christian, are you an earthquake Christian? You only hit your knees when there's an earthquake? It hasn't really changed your life? <laughs> Maybe you're not really a Christian. right? Maybe we're really not. But, Are we allowing God to grow us, to prepare us? Are we using earthquakes not to just go back to God and get our help, or are we using them to grow spiritually? Romans 5, 3-5, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our suffering, because we know that suffering develops perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. Are we growing, taking those steps of growth in our struggles, growing in our faith, preparing for real tribulation, preparing for the big earthquakes that are coming on this planet. How is God speaking to us? And while we're praying about that, maybe you're watching this, listening to this, and you know that you're not a Christian. You're not even an earthquake Christian. You're just not a Christian. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ. You have nowhere to turn in the earthquakes of life. You feel hopeless and helpless. Guess what? We are completely lost without Jesus Christ. But God, maybe God has been using an earthquake to get your attention. Maybe what's happened in 2020, all the craziness, coronavirus, getting your attention. Act on it. Act on it. Romans 10, 13, For everyone who calls in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. That if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be 
saved. You can be saved right now. You can put your faith in Jesus Christ right now. You can bring yourself under God's protection right now. You can have the forgiveness of your sins and peace and joy and purpose and the promise of a brand new life right now and life forever someday with God. You can have that now. Now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. You can have that now. The simple but powerful prayer of faith. You may be driving in your car. You might be lying in your bed. You might be in the shower with the volume turned up loud. You could be anywhere. It doesn't matter. The prayer of faith, God will hear it. Call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and be saved. God, I repent of my sin. Everything wrong I've ever done or ever will do, I repent of that. I ask you to forgive me. Because I'm putting my faith in Jesus Christ. His death on the cross for me to pay for my sin. His resurrection from the dead to prove He has the power to give me a new life. I put my faith in Jesus Christ. I give my life to Him. Father, I pray that everyone hears this would make sure of their faith in Jesus. They would know they have life now and forever in Jesus. And I pray for the rest of us as Christians that we would be growing stronger through every earthquake in this life. We would grow stronger, more ready for the next challenge that is going to hit us. Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have prayed to put your faith in Jesus, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Maybe you have a family member who's a Christian or a friend or, or uh, somebody at work that you know is a Christian, been praying for you probably for a long time. Let somebody know. And if you need someone to tell and you don't have anybody to tell me because I'll be excited for you and I'll connect you to a good uh, Bible study or a church or someone that can help you grow in your faith, I'll encourage you on that. Uh, my, you want to connect with me, it's N-H-C-C, N-H-C-C at Comcast.net. Okay, we'll see you next time in Revelation 7. Okay, God bless.